if you find something you enjoy doing don't let the fact that it could be difficult at the start or not everyone's doing it the the way you do it put you off hi i'm brooke Melhouse. welcome to disabled and proud the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin each week the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability why they're proud to be disabled and why they're proud to be themselves Hello, Dave Walsh. Welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? Hey, good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Really honoured to, to be able to speak to you today. Oh, thank you. I'm really happy you're going to be on the podcast. I'm really looking forward to this, this chat because I think, like I said to you just before, I think there's a lot to learn from you and about um, adaptive lifting and adaptive sports. Um, so let's just let's just get into it. So, Dave, can Ooh. you... Can you explain to me how you refer to your disability? Uh, yeah, so I have multiple sclerosis. Um, there's, there's not really many other ways to, to refer to it apart from that. Um, it's a condition of the uh, nervous system where you basically get attacked by yourself, um, beat yourself up a bit and then uh, end up with some sort of either spine, uh, ner- nerve damage or damage somewhere that could cause lasting effects forever but um yeah so i've got secondary progressive uh, ms which mm-hmm. is the next one up from the the, the kind of base base one um yeah. yeah and it affects me by um so i had quite some bad attacks on some parts of my spine and on my brain so i've got permanent damage to some uh-huh. places um yeah. which which means i I have troubles with with my legs and uh, hands in other places and stuff so yeah that's that's kind of my disability I guess uh-huh. yeah and obviously with with what you do having like you know being being a strong body is important so having that those moments because if I'm if I'm right in thinking did you compete you competed in able-bodied before you went to adaptive didn't you yeah, yeah, that's correct. I, I've been doing strongman for about ten years now in, mm-hmm. in total. Um, but the first five years was maybe able-bodied. Oh, well, not maybe. It definitely was able-bodied. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, was, I used to I used to love it. I kind of um, I started it by when I was when I left the army. I kind of needed something to do, and I tried all the, the sports like football and rugby. Um, but it was it wasn't the same, so I just kind of went to the gym and enjoyed just training strongman mm-hmm. and that. So yeah, started started from that. Yeah, yeah. I can like I can imagine that like like weightlifting can give you that same like it's the same discipline. It's the same like you've got to be quite like rigid in your structure. So that's probably what you quite liked about it. Yeah, yeah. Also, it, it was a way that I could put weight on and not really care about it. <laughs> I could just eat what I want and do what I want. <laughs> yeah, that is and true. I, like... I did, did all my time running. I wasn't interested in running anymore. So uh, in the army, I used to, like my last job, I was a, a vegetarian training instructor. So uh-huh. I used to take people up and down mountains all the time. So I was just fed up of, fed up of walking, so I got a wheelchair. <laughs> I love that. So with your disability and with MS, how has that been present in your career? So like, 
you said you competed in able body and then you went to adaptive but then you were also in the army I'm just wondering how how has MS like shown itself or been present like in your career um so like I said I, I left the army um before I had MS um so I was able-bodied when I left the army um yeah. which was a bit of a shame because I would have left with a good old pension of, if, I, <laughs> if I stayed in the next few years but um no I was I was fully able-bodied bodied when I left the army and even when I started um, strongman I was only diagnosed with MS in 2014 so uh-huh. I, I was doing strongman before my diagnosis of, of MS so it kind of um, came in the middle of the strongman journey I guess yeah and I guess that must yeah. have been like because you've you've gone from like competing able-bodied to then competing adaptive which as we both know, adaptive sports are not necessarily that big. So it must have been yeah. like, was that transition difficult or, or was it something that you kind of just took in your stride? Um, so there was there was a period where I didn't do strongman anymore. I kind of mm-hmm. left it and left the gym and left everything um, because, uh, I, well, I didn't really know about disabled strongman, to be honest. I knew uh-huh. there was disabled sports out there, but not necessarily um, disabled strongman which kind of fills me with shame um, to say because I loved strongman like yeah. I really loved strongman but I didn't take time to learn about the adapted side of it and stuff so you know a bit, bit pissed off with myself because of that but um, yeah they they, um, they there was a period where I wasn't doing anything I kind of left it bitterly because I thought you know I can't do strongman anymore because I think my last competition I went to, I was just falling all over the place and I uh, wasn't able to pick up half the weights, which I would do easily, usually. Um, so I kind of left, I felt I was kind of forced out, I guess, from from myself, forcing myself out. And there was a the period where it got quite dark in my life, quite, you know, like and, uh, mental health wise and yeah. wanting to cut my legs off and stuff. So I kind of... Um, knew I had to find something else and when I found disabled strongman in 2017 it was it was amazing that getting back into it so even though it's different now I I kind of enjoy it more because because I know kind of like in between that that dark place I was at I don't want to get back there so I know that you know I'm in a better place now and and that's because of disabled strongman I'd say yeah and because you've been able to like almost like rekindle your love for your sport yeah yeah definitely and I think um I think social media has played a big factor in it now kind of enjoying it more because you can you can reach people on different platforms and reach people throughout you know different parts of the world which is quite cool and um you know I'm not I'm not taking anything away from uh, able-bodied strongman but if I was me doing able-bodied strongman now I wouldn't reach half the people I was able to reach or connect with half of the people I'm able to connect with now but because you do it adapted and you do it differently people kind of look like oh okay that's 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 cool and then they show it on and show it on and eventually it's going to have a, a ripple effect that you know it, it affects someone change someone's life potentially yeah and I think that's that's so key isn't it the, the factor of social media because I think with all adaptive sports because it's I personally find that with disabled people in general 
and big, big generalization that if you are involved in some sport of some form, it tends to be like either Paralympics and that is your gold standard yeah. or nothing else because nobody really knows about other forms of adaptive sports. So on social media, having that ability to show your adaptive sport, I think is absolutely priceless. Yeah, yeah, massively. And do you know what? There's so many adaptive sports out there. Um, I, I speak to people who kind of do like wheelchair um, American football, wheelchair baseball. Uh, there's a guy I know who does wheelchair uh, uh, amputee football where they play on their, um, play with crutches and stuff. So it's, it's literally any anything out there for, for anyone, really. Um, it's just, just finding the way to adapt and that's that's what it is. Once you find, once you find out how to ad- adapt one thing, you kind of, you know, you can learn to adapt most things, I guess. Yeah, um, exactly. And it is it is all about adaptation, isn't it? And being, and having the, almost like the the like gumption to be the person to adapt it. If you if you don't see it, then just try it. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? You might get a little bit of hate and a bit of stick for it. I mean, I, I still get stick for some of the disabled lifts I do, like the seated deadlift. People people either love it or they just go crazy over it and they, they like say about how stupid it is and stuff where it's, you can't call it a deadlift. And I'm the first one to say it's not it's not a deadlift. It's not the same as an able-bodied deadlift. I yeah. mean, I could see a dead. I could do a seated deadlift of 600 kilos. I'm not saying like if I could if I could do a normal deadlift, I could do anywhere near that. Um, it's it's literally just a lockout. But don't give people stick for wanting to to try stuff and and do stuff yeah. just because you you don't understand it or you don't need to do it for 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 that person there. That could be their everything. They could be working towards that for for years and you know just just shut up basically <laughs> <laughs> it is it is super true though because I think with adaptive sports you've almost got to when you're looking at it and when you're thinking about it you've almost got to like you have to try and mimic the able body right because that's what we're all trying to do is we're trying to mimic the able body because that's you know that's the standard that we're all given because nobody writes necessarily oh. for adaptive sports oh, yeah. here she comes the <laughs> um, so she she does this she just comes and puts her head on my her hand on my head and just yeah oh she's, she's so she's, cute she's the dog I never wanted <laughs> I, I said no the kids were asking for her for years and I was like no 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 she just don't leave and me alone and then you got one <laughs> I, I had no choice the wife pretty much came in with her <laughs> she, it's she always like, the way I'm, yeah she was like I paid for the dog I was like what dog yeah we're getting the dog it off. No. <laughs> so I'm wondering with like acquiring your disability because you were in the army you know you were an adventure explorer and then you get diagnosed with MS and I'm wondering is there like is there something positive that came out of that situation so you, like you said you were in a dark place and now you're you're obviously in a much better place but through that time, did you learn something about yourself? Did you learn something about like who you are as a person? Um, I guess I, I personally learned that I'm a, a, okay in a wheelchair. I could do some tricks and stuff and I could get around. But um, no, I, 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 think, I, think, I think I was broken down to a place where uh, I, I lost, I feel like I lost my whole identity, uh-huh. and my whole... Um, kind of like mass 
male masculinity of, of what I thought I had. And it, it was very much pre this dark place. I was very much, you know, I am man, I eat meat, I will rule the house kind of thing, which is yeah. very toxic. Um, so to kind of be broken down to the person that I didn't overly know who I was anymore or, or what I was about, I kind of built back my own masculinity and kind of yeah. learned that you don't have to be that person to still be um to still be the the man of the house or or however you see it um you could kind of you can it's okay to ask for help it's okay to kind of need a bit of support it's okay for this and that um so yeah I, I kind of learned that I was probably a bit of a dick before um and I hope we're kind of sorry I don't, I'm not sure if you can swear on this podcast you know what it's absolutely it's honestly it's absolutely fine <laughs> cool and now I learned that I'm probably I'm probably a bit less of a dick but um but I kind of try to see things in, in different lights now and I, I think I think that's the whole kind of adaptability thing that you yeah. know I, I kind of can and it's you know just just seeing things from like other people's point of views and just take, taking a, a step back and just just thinking about it rather than just going in and doing it um it, it kind of yeah it kind of changes changes the whole game I guess yeah and I think what you said just then about breaking down like your masculinity and almost rebuilding it into something that that now fits you is is so imperative because I think a lot of people will resonate with that where they may have acquired some form of disability and feel like they really lost themselves but actually it's in rebuilding yourself that you find yourself yeah I was always the guy that people had come to for to to help them do stuff whether it be like moving or just driving or, or doing something so I was always the guy that people would come to um so to be the guy that no one came to and pretty much overnight, even though I was, I was okay with my MS for a while, mm-hmm. people still didn't want to bother me just in case it would affect me somehow or I'd get tired quite quickly, but I'd still, I would still yeah. do it if someone asks. But um, so to be the guy that people didn't ask and kind of avoided asking or avoided speaking uh, around me to say what they're doing, just in case I say, I'll come and help but actually they didn't want me to come and help because I might either they might hassle me a bit more, I might hassle them, me, me being there. Um, yeah, to, to be that person, it, it was kind of soul-destroying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now, kind of, I'm, I'm, st- I'm still not the person people go and do for moving things. Yeah. Um, but I can see the, the, yeah, the, the kind of positive that, that comes out of it by just me being me on whether it be social media or, or people around me um yeah yeah and I, I waffled on a bit there <laughs> no I, no it's per- it's perfect because I think there's a lot there's a lot to be said in being in a really dark place and building yourself back up and someone really wise once said to me that if you are in a dark place and you can't see the way out know that you are on the brink of a like an amazing brand new chapter even though at that point in time it does not feel like it if that's even if that's the one thing that gets you through that that dark that dark period of time there is something around the corner that is coming for you that's going to be so much bigger than what you think keep going yeah yeah Mm. that's quite a good way to put it really I always feel like um I'm Batman uh have you you seen the dark (laughs) knight rises where he kind of he gets put in the the prison 
um, by Bane because Bane beats him up all the time. He goes to prison yeah. and then the old man says, sort yourself out, mate. Sort yourself out, mate. He comes out and he beats up Bane. So I'm just waiting for Bane to come along. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so with all of this, do you, I like, I like to always think about this. Do you have, or maybe, maybe you don't, or maybe you've never even thought about it, like one piece of advice for either a younger version of yourself or alternatively, or like, or both actually, a person who has the same disability as you? Uh, so, so I guess the, the one piece of advice I'd like to give to someone uh, who's got the same disability or in the same position is to find something that you're passionate about. Um, so something that you want to keep going back to you don't even have to be very good at it you can you know mm -hmm. be very mediocre or, or or whatever but if if you find something you enjoy doing don't let the fact that it could be difficult at the start or don't let the fact that not everyone's doing it the the way you do it put you off because it's it could be something that could change your life potentially for forever um, and that's what Strongman has done for me. Uh, and I, I probably wasn't very good. Well, my very first competition, I came, I think I was in like bottom five out of maybe 40 people, um, but I didn't care. I really enjoyed it and I stuck to it. And today I could say that Strongman has kind of probably probably saved my life from, from going down a, a very dark rabbit hole where the end was probably a, a coffin. Um, but yeah just just find something that you're passionate about and you know just 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 enjoy doing it and just do it because you enjoy doing it don't put much pressure on yourself just just have fun yeah and do it because you enjoy like the process of doing it don't do it because you want the like glory at the end of it yeah absolutely and I I really enjoy competing now so that's kind of I I do it all for the the one competition a year probably yeah. so so i know that you're britain's strongest disabled man so what is the deal with the world's strongest disabled man how how are we going about this because i know that that's the next title that you want to have yeah so it's actually in an um it's in like three weeks time exciting. in canada yeah yeah really excited um it, it come back by really quick i didn't realize how you know, I've been saying for about the last six months that uh, the competition's in like six weeks, uh, but it's actually less than six weeks now. So I'm like, oh no, I'm not ready. I can't go. Um, but yeah, no, it's in, in Canada this year, um, which is great. Um, so I fly out um, on the 15th, I think it is, and compete against, uh, there's a load of Americans this year because obviously yeah. being close to America, they're quite quite keen to go so um yeah we just compete against the the world's best so i'll compete against like america's strongest man and germany's strongest man and and just other people from around around the world you don't really know who's going to be there until you get there but you get kind of you have to qualify for it so by me winning britain so i qualified for it and you go there and again uh, over over two days you have five or I think six different disciplines this year to, mm -hmm. to do kind of like the seated deadlift and the overhead lifts and the Atlas, uh, no, not Atlas stones and vehicle pulls and stuff. And yeah, whoever scores the most points wins. And that'll be, that'll be me this year. I'm hoping. 
So exciting. Well, I wish you all the luck in the world with that because I think that'd be like an amazing title to have. And like, yeah, yeah, it'd be all right. I'd probably, you know, I'd probably annoy my wife with it for quite a while if I win and like carry my trophy around and, (laughs) you know, kind of announce myself in as coming in the room as the world's strongest man coming in and kind of then roll in like oh hey guys <laughs> didn't know you know I was coming <laughs> I would do yeah. that kind of thing but also in Sainsbury's or like any supermarket be like big announcement like world's strongest man coming in <laughs> yeah yeah I, w- I would find a way to uh, embarrass the kids with it really that's kind of what I do <laughs> I love that so with all of this and like do you find that there is a particular question that can annoy you about your disability so for example mine is always either how did it happen or did a shark bite your arm off and like because for me both are just absolutely ludicrous but I was wondering is do you have one that that annoys you the most I, I get I guess on um you get it on social media most mostly it's kind of like how did you become paralyzed I'm like I'm not not paralyzed you know I'm not like this this you don't have to be paralyzed to be in a wheelchair um I can I can move my legs and stuff but I don't know if people see it differently in different countries but for me um you know I'm I'm not paralyzed so you know and why would you ask someone that question like yeah. <laughs> you know you don't know me just look at my profile and you'll, you'll see it somewhere further down but um but even even when I'm talking to people um like I'll tell them I have MS and they obviously don't know what MS is but uh-huh. when, as I'm saying it they'll be like oh yeah 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 and then a, a few com- a few questions in the line up like so um so how did you get in your wheelchair so, this she just told you just you know have a mess so people are obviously not listening when when you talk to them mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I guess i guess that's it really it's it's kind of like yeah pe- people not listening and and kind of asking how you got there i was like well i got out of bed and got in there <laughs> and i, I think, think my um my my daughter plays it the best because uh i think some one of her friend's dads asked us like oh why is, he, why is your dad in the wheelchair? And she she just looked at him and was like, he can't walk. And then just nailed it. <laughs> and I think what you say, though, about being a wheelchair user is so bang on, is that not every wheelchair user is paralysed. Yeah. I mean, the amount of, like, comments, mainly on um, TikTok, I get that, uh, you know, oh, he's not he's not disabled. He, he moved his legs. I was like, okay. Thank you for undiagnosing me. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for that undiagnosis. That's really, really going to spur <laughs> me on and really help me throughout the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll just get up and start walking now. So, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think, you know, I think it's so crucial to, to make that point is that not every single wheelchair user is paralysed because just because that's like the, the go-to in people's mind, isn't it? Is that you, you're in a wheelchair because you can't necessarily walk and that's, not actually true but because society is set up the way it is and that's you know the vast majority of what we have been exposed to is not people who who you know sometimes use a wheelchair sometimes don't sometimes use crutches is that that idea sometimes I think can blow people's minds and they're a bit like yeah oh my goodness yeah yeah (laughs) exactly and and you know what 
I I I I can't walk, but um, to I can, I can see people's like minds when when you see someone in a wheelchair when they get in in their car, stand up, and just take a couple of steps to get in their car. You can see people like bloody just staring at them, like what what is this happening? It's like well, you know, just just leave them. They're obviously in the wheelchair because they can't walk very far. You know, yeah. but maybe two two steps for someone is is a marathon. So yeah, and two yeah, exactly. Two steps for someone could be like you know twenty six miles for someone else. Yeah, having, but having equally, that. if if they see someone um, kind of get out of a wheelchair, crawl on their bum to get to the car and get itself up, they're like, oh my god, this this person should have stayed in the wheelchair, and they 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 were like, oh, they probably hope they could walk a few steps. It's like. You know, just just do you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's yeah, real real key takeaway is that to always just do yourself and do what feels right for you rather than yeah. someone else. Yeah, absolutely. So with your strongman, would you say that it's impacted like what career like that you went down after you left the army or like what you do now? Um, so? No, not 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 really. I think my my, my day job, I'm a account manager for kind of Siemens uh, for a rail infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I, I used to have more of an active role where I'd like, I used to be the logistics manager, which was quite a, an active role. But um, o- over time, I've kind of like slowed down and start and kind of just just now do desk work where I used to kind of like go, go off to site or mm-hmm. go to some... Um, train depots and stuff but yeah no I wouldn't say it has impacted but um it's definitely made me more confident um in in my in my in myself to kind of push myself forward for kind of either promotions or even just like leading meetings or or stuff um yeah I I think I think it's because it's given me that much better confidence I can I can do I, I feel like I can do anything to be honest um yeah you know I feel like if, if you chucked me in a helicopter now I'd be able to fly it probably <laughs> <laughs> I know I wouldn't but you know you it's having that much try. confidence in yourself <laughs> yeah yeah I'd give it a good try it'd be it'd be a good story to tell <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I think that's also really important that you know acquiring your disability didn't change like your work or your job or that kind of stuff because some people it you know that their, their job then revolves around their disability and you know what they do is kind of you know they, they interlink quite a lot but I really really like the fact that actually it's done it's nothing to do with what you do and I think that's also a really important message is that just because you are now disabled or you acquire a disability does not mean that your career path changes all that much yeah and I think I'm very lucky with my um, employer so my my manager at the time was very much um so when I started there I could walk and and stuff I was kind of okay on my feet but I told him kind of exactly what I've got and how it is and um I I didn't tell him till kind of like they offered me the job um because I went I did go for that many jobs that I um that I did say you know I've got I've got multiple sclerosis and even one of them come back and said, we're, we're not big enough to be able to support your, your needs. Should it change, et cetera. Um, so I kind of stopped saying on my, uh, on job interviews that I had MS. Um, and then 
on the um when I got offered the job, I told told my manager and he was like, look, it doesn't doesn't make a difference. We we would have employed you anyway. So um and then like as the years went on and I needed more adaptions or I needed some some this or that, he kind of said, look, I don't know. I don't know how I can, I don't know what I'm allowed to do, but let's, let's find out together and let's, let's, um, let's, let's do it. And he's, yeah, he's kind of sorted me out from, from like being able to work at home fully. I've got quite a good, I've got exactly the same setup as I've got at home as I've got in the office and, um, you know, they'd, they'd pay for my taxis if I need to get to work and stuff. So I'm very, very fortunate with that. I know a lot of people don't have that um but it's yeah once you find an employer like that it's like gosh i'll work i'll work for this guy for the rest of my working days if you know if he carries on doing this <laughs> i think that's so mad that one place turned around and said like should your needs change we can't help you that is just next level discrimination <laughs> thank goodness you don't oh like yeah that. yeah i mean i was what you ever did really oh no no i didn't get the I didn't get the job because I was, I was too disabled apparently, but it, it kind of makes you think like you could be the, you could be the perfect fit for, for that role. And you could, you could, you know, potentially bring the company to another level of, of, of business or whatever. Um, but they just don't want to take a chance. They don't want to take a, a risk. Um, and it was all over that they, they, they were on a, first floor um so when i went for the interview there were stairs and you know i i, I managed i got up the stairs okay there mm-hmm. at, at that point but um when when i i actually got i didn't tell them about my disability at the start but i went back for a second interview so i i, I made the cut between two people um and then on the second interview i it was kind of like a working interview, I guess. Um, yeah. And I was working with the guys and they were like, yeah, you're so much, so much better than the, the other person. Probably shouldn't have told me that, but, you know, I was doing, I was calling customers. I was doing this and that. Um, and then I had a one-on-one with the manager. And then I said that the, the real reason I'm looking to train, like, is because I got MS. I'm probably looking at working less hours. Um, and I mean less hours because before I got MS, I was working like 80 hours um a, a week because my wife was at university I was kind of working three jobs to kind of support her um and then when um when I went for the in the, the first, like the final part of the interview I said like, look I've got MS and then you know the face the faces in the room dropped and they were like oh. you know and then, and then I got a call to say the reason why I didn't get the job was because of because of that they they didn't have the capacity to put a stair lift in to to if I needed it um, but it's quite funny actually because um, about I don't know maybe about six months later I actually had a, a phone call off the, um, the job agency saying ask it, asking if I was still interested in that role <laughs> and I was like no Absolutely. I'm all right <laughs> and at this point yeah I got my job at um, Siemens so I was like no no it's fine it's fine thanks I hope you I hope you struggle getting someone new <laughs> yeah exactly because that is just so many so many levels of like ableism and discrimination that I just that kind of stuff boils my blood because you could have been like you said you could have been the absolute perfect fit for that job and you could have taken them you know leaps and bounds ahead of where they were now but because they couldn't see a fit way to to like you know adapt to your needs they just said no outright which is just the problem with society yeah they didn't even want to work 
the, the people, they don't, don't even want to work with you. So like my boss now, I kind of said to him, well, he, he doesn't know what, what to do to make it to, to help. And yeah. he outwardly said that he, he's never had to do this process before. So, so we're doing it together. And that's, that's all it takes is like, he'll ask me what I need. I'll be like, well, I can't really use a mouse these days. So can I get a joypad? And he's like, yeah, okay, that'll help. And we'll try it. If it doesn't work, we'll just try something new. Yeah. And this comes down to that whole idea of adaption again, doesn't it? Is that you've got to find and adapt to things that suit you. And if you've got someone with you who's going to come along and like almost take your hand and walk that journey with you, then that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, do you know, it, it, it just means so much as well. I mean, it's, it's great that he's doing this on a physical level, but for, personally for me, this is, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to, to this, this guy. Yeah. He could, he, he can have my family if he wants. He can <laughs> <laughs> so I've got one last question for you and it's my favorite question. So Dave, can you say that you are disabled and proud? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I can say that. I think it's given me so much more in life now than, than I would have had obviously not being disabled and even, even just the connections and, and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I have really enjoyed this chat and I think it's been super insightful about like lifting and about and about how disability doesn't necessarily have to change your life outside of sports if that's what you want I think that's amazing so thank you so much for coming on yeah no thank you and, and thanks for, for doing these shows to raise awareness that you can be disabled and proud um, thank you. that's great great on you for doing that thank you thank you so much thanks for listening to this episode of disabled and proud if you've enjoyed the show then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts it really helps us to reach more and more people each week plus if you've got a particular highlight then i'd absolutely love to hear it tag me on your insta stories at disabled and proud podcast